It's Walnut Wednesday here on the My Ag Life Daily News Report. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In this week's Walnut Wednesday feature report, Taylor Charlstrom will be talking about the California Walnut Board's new effort to expand distribution of walnuts through fresh produce positioning and product innovation. And I'll have a look at regional and national agricultural news, beginning with regional ag news right after this. Do you know the nutrient use efficiency people? Yes, I'm talking about the folks at Verdesian Life Sciences that deliver crop insights and solutions so California crops grow to their full potential. From micros with a proprietary delivery system to solutions that help improve the uptake and assimilation of applied nutrients. Visit VLSCI.com to learn more about Verdesian solutions or to connect with a local representative right here in California. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's National Agricultural Statistics Service released the results of the 2021 Organic Survey, which shows total sales of $11.2 billion in organic products. That's an increase of $1.28 billion, or 13% from 2019. There were 17,445 certified organic farms, a 5% increase from 2019. California continued to lead the nation in certified organic sales with $3.55 billion, which is 32% of the U.S. total. It also led all states with 3,061 certified farms and 813,710 certified acres. Washington, Pennsylvania, Texas, and Oregon round out the top five states for value of organic sales. The California Department of Food and Agriculture is now accepting grant applications for the California Livestock Methane Measurement Mitigation and Thriving Environments Research Program administered by its Office of Environmental Farming and Innovation. Applications to the Climate RP will be accepted through 5 p.m. on Tuesday, February 28th. Climate RP will award competitive grants to California-based eligible entities for research projects aligned with California's efforts to successfully implement climate-smart agriculture agriculture with a direct focus on nutrient management and methane reduction from dairy and livestock operations. An appropriation of $5 million to CDFA Budget Act of 2021 will be directed towards the assessment of the cost effectiveness of various livestock methane reduction strategies on a per metric ton basis, including comparison of projects funded under the Alternative Manure Management Program and the Dairy Digester Research and Development Program, as well as alternative methane reduction strategies such as dietary modifications and research on manure-based product development. The following entities are eligible for this program. Tribal governments, resource conservation districts, non-government organizations, private companies, nonprofit organizations, and California public higher learning institutions. For more information on the program, including the application processes and requirements, log on to the CDFA website. A group of executives representing three very large organic grower shippers openly discussed the challenges involved in growing and selling organic produce, but they all said they were bullish on the future growth of the category. Dave Paglia, CEO of the Western Growers, moderated a discussion that included Bree Ryder-Smith of Driscoll's, Michael Dupuy of Divine Flavor, and Tom Noons-V of the Noons Company. All three companies produce both conventional and organic crops. Driscoll's specializes in berries, while Noons focuses 
emphasis on vegetables and divine flavor produces a variety of crops topped by table grapes and peppers on its farms which are mostly in Mexico. Smith revealed that Driscoll's experimented with organic berries 30 years ago but made a full commitment to the category about two decades ago. She says the well-known berry company has a 60% market share in the organic berry category in the U.S. and a category accounts for about 25% of their revenues. She said over the past decade, the organic berry sales have grown at a faster clip than conventional sales. The Noons company also began growing organic vegetable crops in a dedicated way over the last 30 years, with over 30 vegetable crops on its organic sales list. Noon says it was market demand that has driven the company's increases in the organic sector. And Dupois says it was necessity that caused the owners of the Divine Flavor brand, Gupta Alta, to turn to organic production on the dry, hard farmland in the Sonoran Desert. In the early years, he indicated the ground was unsuitable for farming and the growers had to improve the soil by producing crops organically. Smith said organic production is not as efficient as conventional farming. Driscoll's gets less yield per acre and it takes more water per acre to produce the lower amount of organic fruit. In addition, more labor is needed to produce the a load of organic berries and a load of conventional berries. Organics often offer a marketing challenge, Noon said, as they are typically limited to the retail buyer because of food service operators being willing to pay the organic premium, and there are limited marketing opportunities. He said the organic market can become oversupplied fairly easily, and producers need to find a sweet spot between supply and demand to make it work. The biggest difficulty in convincing growers to transition to organic production, according to Depois, is to tied to the mindset of growers because growing organic requires a greater commitment and more paperwork. The need for commitment has made Group Da Alto successful as a family-owned company is passionate about producing organic crops. That same passion extends to the workforce as the company doubles down on the social responsibility piece to give Divine Flavor a leg up when retaining and attracting workers. Another major challenge, according to the panelists, is what can be called the consumer's lack of commitment to the organic category. Driscoll Smith said that research has shown 75% of the company's organic consumers will buy conventional product if it looks better. That's an area where the company has to do more inward reflection, she said, admitting sometimes the quality of berry that goes into the organic pack would not qualify for Driscoll's conventional pack. And even with the challenges and barriers that were articulated during this roundtable, each participant said they were bullish about the future of organics. The numbers of workers employed on fresh fruit and vegetable farms declined from 2019 to 2021, according to a study conducted by the International Fresh Produce Association. The produce industry directly accounted for some 1.2 million American jobs in 2021, 623,000 on farms, according to the study. The fresh fruit industry accounted for some 300,000 jobs, down from 310,000 in 2019. Vegetable and melon farming at 140,000 workers was down from 143,000 in 2019. Farm labor provided some 128,000 jobs. Grocers accounted for 320,000 workers, up from 315,000 in 2019. California holds the highest concentration of fresh produce and floral employment, representing 35% of the industry employment, according to the report. Employees there numbered around 404,000. Washington and Florida, with 99,000 and 82,000 respectively, are the second and third. Apples had the highest average employment for any single commodity at 33,000 jobs. Bee Hero is the leading almond pollination provider. 
we deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure. For the first time, growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination. Bee Hero accurately evaluates your bees' pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559-467-9699. Be hero, superior bees, superior pollination. The California walnut industry is forging a new strategic direction that will broaden U.S. distribution and accelerate consumption, an initiative announced by the California Walnut Boarding Commission earlier this month. This twofold effort takes advantage of opportunities offered by Walnuts' health halo and untapped culinary versatility. While conceding that walnut growers and handlers are facing tough challenges, the industry is adopting changes to plan for a resilient future, according to the Boarding Commission's Executive Director and CEO, Robert Verloop. We've made some, what I'll call, educated uh, shifts just based on my background and understanding where I think the, the opportunities lies for quicker product distribution, and that's in the uh, U.S. Uh, retail and supermarket mass markets where we can try to work with retailers to reposition walnuts, not reposition actually, it's a better choice is to expand the points of distribution or the display space inside the stores and specifically to the uh, produce departments. Um, You know, our product is 97% of the consumers understand that walnuts are healthy. And the the department that has the the greatest benefits of being healthy is uh, as as a halo is the produce department so we should be there. And some of the other tree nuts are already there in uh, a, a very aggressive um, fashion. And so we're going to start adding um, a lot more support, promotional support, uh, to expand those the number of displays, the square footage of the displays, and then really try to drive it through promotional activities. And in the past years, we have had uh, American Heart Health Month, which is February, um, that really resulted in some phenomenal uh, incremental sales. And so we're going back, uh, use, working with our handlers, we're going back to those retailers trying to uh, reinstitute that program. It had been put on the on the back burner, uh, partially due to some uh, budgetary constraints, but we've moved around some monies. I, I was given some authority by the board to do some discretionary um, redirecting of the budget, and we're implementing that now. In addition to the move to the um, produce department, we've also hired um, a highly reputable, experienced um, retail merchandiser um, and promotions person who has worked with other commodity boards. She's a um, an outside agency representation with us, so she's not on uh, part of our staff, um, but she's um, probably one of the and I've known her indirectly for many, many years and um, is is very well regarded because she can bridge the difference between retail objectives and uh, grower and handler or industry objectives. And the result is more displays, more square footage, more ads in the newspaper, driving more volume. And in, in some ways that also reduces uh, the, the margins that we see one of the biggest things, and I think you and I have talked about this before, is that you know, growers you know, are selling their products for 
less than a dollar. I mean, this year, you know, grower returns are, are, are very, very low. Um, and yet you go to the store and you see our products being sold for nine, 10 or $12 a pound. And uh, part of that is just that we're not, we have not been in the past actively seeking promotions and more turns or more velocity in the market, but that's changing. And so if we can get into produce the way that I think we should and could, then we'll reduce our, um, we'll increase the turns and that in turn uh, reduces the, the overhead needs that retailers have. So I'm very optimistic on this. Likewise, I, I said, mentioned earlier what we're doing in food manufacturing and ingredients. We've already joined up to be part of the California Grown Program. Um, and that helps us focus a lot of attention on the California retail industry as well as food service. Um, and then um, we are also uh, finalizing some agreements with Nielsen to collect scan data so that we can start to really take a strategic um, category management approach to, to the retail stores. And so I, I think we're, we're trying to hit on a lot of different areas somewhat reactively um, with my coming on board, but I'm, I'm confident that we're gonna raise the visibility of walnuts, California walnuts in particular, um, and really start to learn more about how the, the retail food service or the ingredient industries really would like to receive information and where we can collaborate and cooperate with them to help build their sales and distribution. Much of this outreach and distribution expansion is uncharted territory for the walnut industry, but goes back to the need for expanding the way business challenges are solved. Verloop believes strongly that the walnut industry has the foundation and position to take on these challenges head on. Whether it's the health research, production research, we have a great grower base. Um, and while we're going through an extremely, extremely challenging year, um, I, I'm looking forward to turning the corner and, um, you know, making some real significant improvements in um, both the value of our crop, distribution of our crop. Um, you know, if, if you just imagine if this year, even though we've had a lot of logistics issues and it backed up, you know, a fair amount of product, if we had light or very light Chandler product right now, we wouldn't be having near the challenges on price that we are today. It's not saying that it's going to be, you know, exceedingly much better than last year, but we're, um, we're having to deal with a completely different um, dynamic in the industry. And um, that's not, that's not going to be forever. And we're, we're going to do the best we can to help growers and handlers you know, deal with this crop, but we have to have a long-term vision. And uh, that's part of the new strategic direction. As you said, we're, in, or as you asked, the, the, we're in the process right now of developing a strategic plan. Uh, we're assigning a task force. Uh, this strategic plan is a plan for the industry. It is not a plan for the commission or the board. The commission or the board needs to, and the board of directors need to respond to what we see as the, um, the needs, the requirements uh, of marketing and selling walnuts in this maturing uh, category. And you know, for a long time, it was, this was a growth category. We continue to, you could sell every walnut that we had relative, but we're at a point today where because of competition, because of price disparity caused by a strong dollar tariffs, um, you know, all, all the economic challenges that are being um, addressed around, around the globe, 
um, it's, it's a tough financial or it's a tough um, marketplace for any product right now, especially one that has to be exported. And so um, we have to be mindful of that as we as we look ahead. But going into the future, I, I think you know, with the things that I just addressed, the strategic plan will look at those things, but we're going to build that up from the industry. We're uh, interviewing industry members, uh, not just board members. Um, we're getting a wide swath of information, and then we look for triangulation and common themes and common opportunities and really start to figure out how do we shift from that growth oriented commodity distribution model to a value added and value building model so that grower returns can get back to where they're profitable. And I think a lot of that has to do with reestablishing um, our voice, um, really better understanding our the barriers to consumption and how do we uh, start to make improvements there. Very significant for me here in the United States, but I think globally we, we see opportunities to expand even in the nine markets where we are very active today, but then also the next, excuse me, the next tier of markets um, need to be explored. Um, we clearly understand that we're limited in our distribution today, and we can fix that. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Chalstrom. Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission, supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. There's giant potential sleeping in your soil. Under drought conditions, it's never been more important to wake it up. Phycoterra, a superior soil microbial food, activates the native microbes responsible for your soil's health and water holding capacity. Adding Phycoterra to your crop increases water retention up to 10% and optimizes crop nutrient availability. Plus, it delivers excellent mixability and application flexibility, making it easy to add to your existing crop input strategy. Visit phycoterra.com to learn how you can wake up your soil's giant potential with Phycoterra. Food solutions company Spartan Nash has announced its partnership with one of the world's leading fresh food technology companies, Afresh Technologies. Spartan Nash will highlight the Afresh platform, an artificial intelligence-powered predictive ordering and inventory management solution at 10 of its owned family fair grocery stores in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area. The partnership with Afresh will help Spartan Nash deliver fresh produce to store guests while also minimizing food waste, which is a key focus area for the company's ESG efforts, according to Spartan Nash Chief Merchandising Officer Bennett Morgan. And according to a Spartan Nash press release, Afresh equips Spartan Nash's fresh department managers with easy to use modern ordering tools powered by real-time insights to support fresh ordering decisions. The platform's insights build upon the expertise of Spartan Nash Associates to create the best possible shopper experience and making fresh food accessible to all. The tool helps to minimize food waste by ensuring the appropriate inventory levels are maintained and always fresh based on insights from guest shopping habits. And USDA has announced it's investing $285 million in critical infrastructure. The investment seeks to lower energy costs, expand access to clean energy for people across rural America, and combat climate change. Offices of the two top Senate Ag leaders confirmed to the Washington Post they'd receive campaign funds from disgraced crypto firm FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried, now under arrest in the Bahamas and facing extradition to the United States. The Post reports Senators Debbie Stabenow and John Boozman confirmed their offices had donated or 
therefore would donate the money they received from Bankman Fried to charity. Stephen Al recently chaired an ag committee hearing on FTX's collapse just two weeks before Bankman Fried's arrest on eight criminal plus civil counts for mishandling billions and conspiring to violate campaign finance laws. The crisis created by FTX further confirms the need for a whole-of-government approach to regulating this market. The risks of trading crypto have, some, have come into sharp focus in the past few weeks, but we have known about them for years. Yet top ag Republican John Boozman had this. The sudden bankruptcy of FTX, a Bahamas-based cryptocurrency exchange that at its peak was the world's third largest crypto exchange by volume, has been truly shocking. Public reports suggest a complete lack of risk management, conflicts of interest, and misuse of funds. Post reports Bankman Fried's arrest after the stunning collapse of FTX has forced Democrats and Republicans to distance themselves from one of their chief benefactors who gave tens of millions to campaigns and party groups. Boozman and Stabenow stressed the need for bipartisan reforms to empower the Securities and Exchange Commission to regulate the crypto industry. But the paper reports the two had worked hand in hand with a Bankman Fried on legislation seen as friendly to the industry. Despite economic disturbances, high crop prices are giving farmers around the world cause for cautious optimism, according to a new survey. Global consultancy McKinsey & Company have released the results of its global survey of 5,500 farmers from nine countries. 70% of farmers expect profits to remain stable or increase, the result of higher crop prices driving profitability in the next two years. Consequently, farmers are being inspired to invest in new products that are focused on yield increase and crop protection. Despite an uncertain future with supply chains impacted by geopolitical conflicts, farmers are facing the changes head-on, innovating in new areas and adopting new strategies. Van Seth Gasson, partner at McKinsey, says that products and services should be tailored and personalized for growers to stimulate uptake and provide farmers access to yield-driving technologies and greater cost efficiencies. McKinsey & Company is a global management consulting firm in more than 130 cities and 65 countries. USA Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack talks about new rural energy projects that will be funded by money from the Inflation Reduction Act. We are announcing today uh, our intent to essentially make available $300 million of additional opportunity in the REAP program, uh, $250 million of which will be uh, coming from uh, sort of the first installment and, and, and uh, investment under the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, and the two uh, over $2 billion being made available uh, to uh, rural development for the Rural Energy for America program. That's USDA Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Net Magazine on the, every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. (laughs) 